ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the eCardiNews.com Debrief Podcast. Uh, David Cole here with me, Rob Howden again, and we are just a couple days from what was a fantastic event up in uh, Sonoma, California, the Supercarts USA Spring Nationals, uh, getting things rolling uh, for the second event on that Supercarts USA Pro Tour. Lots to talk about there, of course, lots of action. There's been uh, a ton of online discussion as well on Facebook uh, regarding how rough it's been and the kind of nasty it was out there. Uh, guys up front didn't have the same issues as guys in the mid-pack, of course. Again, just before we get rolling, this is the EKN debrief and kind of a, a wrap-up of the events that have happened uh, in the past weekend of racing. This particular show, presented by Champion Racing. I do want to thank Champion Rodney Berryhill and the family for stepping up to uh, support us here on eCardingNews.com. A little plug for them. Champion Racing is the U.S. importer and distributor for the race-winning Intrepid chassis line, including the new Intrepid F4K206 chassis for that growing class. Champion Racing is a two-time EKN Team of the Year and is the only team to finish first, second, and third at the Supercarts USA Super Nationals in the KZ category. Champion has protected dealer areas available, and the official race team has Pro Tour driver programs available as well, all led by number one plate holders Danny Formal and Ryan Kinnear, and up-and-coming star Harry Gottsacker. To learn more, visit them at championcart.com. David Cole, we got a guest joining us here as well when we start talking about the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Spring Nationals. Ryan Norberg on the line with us. We'll get to him in a, in a bit as well. But David, uh, all in all, uh, a decent weekend, at least I think from our side, in terms of the fact that uh, uh, weather was beautiful. The event always came off, uh, off well. The track is awesome to race on. Uh, we did see some really, really good racing. Even though there was some tough stuff, we did see some really good racing as well. What are your thoughts on uh, on the trip to Sonoma? Well, thankfully, this time at Sonoma, we had great weather. <laughs> uh, a month ago, it was a little bit rainy, so uh, we had to challenge we had the challenge of that. But this time, it was other than wind, uh, it was perfect racing condition weather. But on track, it was uh, it was pretty heated. Uh, through most of the categories. I mean, even even the Masters categories we saw were very hotly contested with a lot of, uh, I don't want to say anger issues, but a lot of, uh, a, just a lot of heated driving and, you know, not necessarily the best racecraft out there. You know, I think you and I will probably go into this a little later, Dave, uh, on another podcast where we'll talk more about just the, I don't know if phenomenon is the word, but let's just, let's, the, the, the prevailing attitude on the racetrack maybe, that there's just such a, a drop in in racecraft, a lack of respect for a lot of the drivers because you know we we look at the event there and there was some great racing. You were able to see all the way through the the fields, packed as they were, you know, over forty drivers in a number of classes, and there was really good racing. There was guys out there battling back and forth and really racing hard, and it was exciting to watch. But then you'd see some of these starts, uh, turn one, turn three were were pretty nasty in a couple of uh, a couple of the races, and I, I think you and I were both kind of taken aback by just how bad the racing was and you know david i'll, I'll let you speak to this it, it kind of surprises me considering we weren't at phoenix so phoenix is a tough track to pass on and i get that if you got to get a little more aggressive at phoenix but you and i identified between six and eight really legitimate overtaking opportunities at sonoma but still people were making crazy mistakes they were trying wild passes they were trying to go for two and ones like trying to get two guys into, into a corner when you when one was enough it just the track itself let, lent itself to really clean racing, but we just didn't see that. Well, I think you saw it more in, like, S1. I think we saw a lot of clean racing in S1, and there's a reason for that. They're, they're, they're the pro guys. 
we call we don't call X30 Pro. We call it X30 Senior because there's only probably a handful of drivers who actually could be considered a pro driver. Uh, and I think that's a big part of it. It's racecraft. A lot of these, a lot of these kids in the in the kid categories, uh, other than micro, really just don't have that racecraft. And it was surprisingly the micro division where they kind of respected each other. They didn't want to crash each other out. They just wanted to race, have fun, get out of the go kart, and go play again. You know, um, it 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 could be. Just, I mean, we we we've seen this at uh, at at uh, Lancaster or not Lancaster uh, Modesto. You know, guys driving over their heads. It wasn't the racetrack. It was guys driving over their heads. And, and this weekend as well, the racetrack was perfect. We've seen eight different passing opportunity sections on the racetrack, and guys were just trying to take more than they could chew. You know, David, the, one of the funny things that I saw, somebody had posted a photo, uh, one of the shots that the guys took, from uh, Tom McCullough, one of the, one of the guys from on-track promotions had taken, and it was a, a shot of the carts rolling up the front straightaway. And I want to say, I think every car you could actually physically see in the photo had a bent-in front bumper. And that, <laughs> that just spoke volumes, you know. people, There's people out there calling right now for the pushback bumper system, whether that's it's not a it's not a it's not a perfect system and i think that's what people need to understand is that over in europe there are manufacturers calling for it to get for the cik to stop using the pushback there's issues in terms of uh, getting a penalty when you didn't do anything but the simple fact is that photo showed how much contact was that occurred at the racetrack yeah the pushback bumper we and we we've kind of gone gone over this in our podcast before it's it's not a, a complete remedy it still has to lie within the drivers to drive properly, you know, and to, to not drive over their heads and to not drive stupid and not ram their bumper into the bumper ahead of them just to move the guy so he can get around them. It, it, it's all going to boil down, and it's not officials either too. You know, officials can only do so much. Video can only do so much. The drivers still need to drive the way they should. It's, it's really, a, a, to a certain extent, I'll, I'll use this term, it's kind of a sad situation when it all does come down either to having a piece of equipment on your cart that's going to be a tattletale piece, essentially, or that you actually have to have your hand slapped by the race director and it's being slapped and not slapped enough. So you act, there's going to have to be people that are going to have to be thrown out for the day. They're going to be moved to the back of the pack for contact because they simply can't drive clean. And that's, let's, let's not go too, too deep into it because that's, that's another podcast on its own. And, and I know there's lots of discussion happening. And I think it's good for us to give Supercarts USA a couple, you know, let's, get, let's give them a week to get, you know, they just finished cleaning up yesterday. They're probably not even back home yet in terms of driving everything back to their, the head office. So let's give them some time to get home, settle, debrief themselves, and decompress and then figure out what they want to do moving forward. Because I'm hoping, and I would not even hoping, I would assume something will happen more aggressively, especially with the feedback that we've got from team owners and from, and from drivers and families, etc. Let's more look at the positive side of it. Nine categories on track, t- over well, 240 total entries. Uh, not sure if that's quite a record, but very close to a record for the, for the Pro Tour. Great numbers, lots of great drivers. And David, in the Pro categories, Four different winners, which I think is amazing. Nick LaDuke and Billy Musgrave able to win in S1. Ryan Norberg back to the top of the box uh, in X30 Senior, as uh, did uh, Braden Eves. Just, you know, to see some of the talent up front, there is a lot of quality drivers here, and the guys that were able to stay out of trouble were kind of able to find themselves to the front. And, and first and foremost, a really great run by Nick LaDuke in S1 to, to get that victory for Sodi Kart and, of course, for Cambrian Karting. 
Well, first off, it's not only four different winners on the weekend. It's four different winners in each category for the season so far. That's true. Yeah. S S one and X thirty senior have had four different winners in four different rounds. So it, it's it's this I don't think this has ever happened in the Pro Tour history that we've seen this. We I mean Ryan Norberg, who we'll talk with in just a bit, he he's done a double. A number of other drivers have done doubles in S one and and so on and so forth. But uh, yeah, so right now this is probably the most competitive our top two divisions have ever been. And and the weekend and this past weekend we saw in the S one category we saw a couple drivers that we knew were fast. We just didn't know if they were going to be there at the end. And, and Leduc did it, was able to defend his home turf on Saturday. It was a very emotional victory for him. And then on Sunday, you know, it, it just happened to be a technical, technical DQ that uh, gave Billy Musgrave the win. But still, not, nothing to take away from his performance because he was, he was just as fast as anybody there was there. Yeah, agreed. Uh, all weekend long, Musgrave was super quick. And Leduc's win was big. He's, he's tried many, many times. And it's always it's always great when you can get that victory on your home track, and, and of course with the guys at Cambrian as well, who who supports the Sonoma facility, uh, you know, twenty four seven. Great to see Nick get that win. And you're right, Billy Musgrave was strong, good good racing. Danny Formal had the race win essentially across the line, but that broken uh, air box uh, ended up DQing him. Tough one for for Danny Formal and the guys from Champion Racing. But yeah, big win for 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 Billy Musgrave as well. X thirty. It was, it's been interesting, and I think I mentioned it on, on the EKN Live broadcast, and we'll bring him in here momentarily. Ryan Norberg kind of getting now really comfortable with the guys at PSL Karting, getting comfortable with the Burrell Art chassis. There's that national number one up front all weekend long, Dave. It was just, it was just a really solid run. Definitely, for sure. For with, with him, it, it, it was kind of a target on him the first weekend in NOLA. We, we saw that. Nobody wanted to work with him. He had the number one plate on. It was uh, it was kind of he was out there solo this this weekend. He had a couple teammates under the tent kind of help him probably on and off the track. Uh, we'll kind of ask him about that more a little bit later. But uh, it, he seemed more composed this weekend, even though he was completely uh, under the weather. He seemed a little bit more composed this weekend and, and wasn't wasn't flustered by uh, by the actions going on on track. You know, David, with that intro, let's bring him in here right now. Our first ever guest on the EKN Debrief. Uh, Ryan Norberg joining us here, uh, the PSL karting driver, national number one plate holder, the reigning champion in the Supercarts USA Pro Tour X30 category. Ryan, is is David summing it up? Did you kind of feel like you were uh, the the lone ranger there at NOLA Motorsports Park on the Burrell Red uh, in a sea of Tony Karts? Hey, David. Hey, Rob. Um uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, last year, when I came to the series, I nobody really knew who I was. That wasn't really my coming out year yet. So when I was up at the front, I think it kind of surprised everybody. Um, and now this year with the number one panel, it, it does put a target on your back. In NOLA, I, I got no help at all from anybody, and it, nobody wanted to work with me. And it's it was the same issue uh, here, too, as well. But with having uh, my teammate Marin cameras there it, it did help out a lot also the Burrell was uh fantastic the whole weekend it it we didn't really deviate that much from the the stock setup that was on it yeah it just a lot of things were clicking this weekend would you look at uh, a track like Sonoma and say that maybe it fit your style it, it, as you said you didn't make a lot of changes you and Mario look really good out there it, it, it seemed like you were I don't want to use the word cruise control but you guys just had things going Every, you, you were able to go anywhere you where you wanted on the track it just seemed like the setup you guys had was perfect and that maybe that track kind of suited your style yeah uh the track definitely suited both Marin and my my style a little bit 
Um, together, though, we, we worked on a setup during practice to where he could basically push me out of the corners, and then on the straightaway, I'd pull just enough that it would drag him back on the straightaway. And that's what you saw on Saturday is when he and I got together, we were pretty much unstoppable because he'd push me through the infield and I'd pull him on the straightaway. Time-wise, we were about the same. But when it came down to just consistent lap times, we that little half-tenth can make a big difference here. Uh, the Sonoma track, though, I, it's it's one of my favorite tracks so far. I mean, I've never been to it before, but still, every corner is either dipping away or driving up. It was a really fun track, and it made for a lot of great racing. Overall, now that you're you know you're home from the weekend, I would assume uh, that, that that you probably took a nice uh, you know sigh, <laughs> a little uh, you know a fresh a breath of fresh air with the fact that you were able to have a good weekend. You were you still did good at NOLA, but it wasn't kind of what you were used to the year before. You guys came out of the box strongly, of course, in Sonoma for the Spring Nats. Was is the team just kind of clicking right now, or, or really was it that teammate that kind of helped you out the most, or, or is it the fact that you're, you're connecting with PSL a little better? Uh, it's I think it's a little bit of everything right now. Um, in Nola, we had an issue. It just uh, we we didn't we were all by ourselves, and I think for me it was kind of a, a wake up because running the number one, I, I was getting no help where I normally did. And where I could use somebody from an opposing team to catch the leaders, nobody would do that. So <laughs> it, it left me out. And I finished. It was, it was still a good result, but fourth and fifth is basically what happened. It, I was fourth and fifth out of the top guys that were working together, you know. So, But definitely in, in Sonoma, the team was clicking. Having Marin there, it's, it always helps to have somebody with a lot of knowledge and a good driving ability like him to just uh, like add in information to chassis setup and give data and and like we said, where we were able to tune one, he was able to be better in one area of the track, and I was able to be better in another. We could work together, and then once we got together, it, it was it was hard to beat. Uh, give us your input on the the quality of racecraft you were able to see. Now, you know you were kind of at the pointy end of the grid, which makes it a little easier if you're in the middle of the pack somewhere in the start. As you as you know, and you, you've been there, of course, in, the, in your past. I think everybody has. It's tougher when you qualify. 10, 15, or 20. Your thoughts overall on, on maybe some of the racecraft you saw, whether you were in your own race or maybe you were hanging on the fence uh, watching another race uh, that you weren't in? Uh, well, my opinion is that this is the biggest series in uh, the nation right now. It's the, the At least the X3 Senior Championship is one of the closest championships I've ever been in. And with this many guys, it's it's a really tight race for, for the championship. And with that being said, I, I didn't expect any driver to give me an inch of racetrack and I wasn't going to give anybody else an inch of racetrack. I think that's how it goes when you're competing for the biggest championship in the nation. Um, but I, I think there is a little bit of a lack of respect for drivers. But when I've gone over to Europe and I've raced with the drop-down bumper, the majority of the contact that was made out there was side pod to side pod. I don't think it could have been resolved with the, with the drop-down bumper system. Obviously, in the middle of the pack, that would help those starts, and of course, because you don't have the whole field pushing you, which starting on the pole is actually pretty hard when you have 45 other go-karts shoving you into a tight tight corner for turn one. But still, uh, the majority of the contact out there was side pod to side pod, which is fair play. Uh, I enjoyed the racing. I mean, obviously, I kind of got the, the bad end of it come Sunday's final, where I was leading on the last lap and ended up seventh, but... I, I didn't come in complaining at anybody, yelling at any drivers. I mean, it's it's the biggest championship in the nation right now, and it's it's really tight racing. And then on top of it as well, the IAMI program has has really come far. It's it's a very even playing field, and the engines are very even across the board. So with that, 
and the, the fact that everybody was in a tenth of each other, I, I think it was inevitable to have really tough, hard racing. I, th- I think to speak volumes that that uh, when you've got an engine package uh, that provides that level playing field, everybody's going to stack up. And, and we saw that, Ryan. You know, obviously, you didn't hear me say it, but when we were qualifying, we're talking 40, 38 to 40 guys all within a second. Exactly. It's just it's so close. It's, it's unbelievable. Now, let's ask you one more question. and We'll let you let you go. Um, you know, you're looking good right now. You, you have the momentum. You're, you're working your way. Uh, a couple of big races when it comes to IAMI competition still to come. The the Summer Nationals to cap off the championship for the Pro Tour. You're looking to defend your title. Uh, talk about that first. You know, your thoughts of, of going to Newcastle to see if you can't win that championship again. And then looking forward to the Super Nationals in November. Another, obviously, big race. Yeah, uh, the Summer Nationals is going to be interesting. Uh, it's Like I said, it's, it's a close championship. So I think everybody's going to be on their game and putting in 110%. Uh, last year, I was able to sweep the round, so that was that's a little bit of like uh, some motivation going back to that track. And also, the guy who was second was Kirkwood, and he was on PSL, and so they obviously know their setup as well there too. So I hope together we can be able just to put out a dominant performance. Uh, hopefully, we're thinking about having Marin come back just to just because it helps so much having an uh, an extra person there. But the Burrell chassis is going to work great, and I have no. No doubt in Allison Racing Engines that they'll just provide me with the best equipment to race up front. Uh, Scusa, the Super Nationals is is definitely going to be interesting. Uh, it was it was an eye opener last year, <laughs> going there for my first time ever. It's it's a completely different driving style. Everything's just completely different. It's it was one of the most fun races ever. So I think definitely with a little bit more experience on my side, I can I can perform a little better. You know, another thing about that too, Ryan, last year, of course, you were thinking championship. You know, you were in the pro tour, you went into this big race and, and yeah, while well, you wanted to win, you also wanted to make sure you're going to win the championship. I, I, I've talked to a couple of guys already and they're, they're really happy with the fact that now that race, again, kind of a one-off. You can go in and just lay, lay all your cards in the line. You don't have to start thinking championship when you're potentially running for what would be a Super Nationals win. Yeah, I mean, definitely it does help having it as a one-off. Last year, I, I started 22nd. And the championship second place runner Kirkwood was starting, I think, twenty first. So we started side by side. So my my whole uh, focus on the race was just kind of finish the race. Don't let anything bad happen because one slip up and you finish forty fifth on the track that could that could change the championship result. So luckily I was able to get into eighth. But once I got there, the racing was so close and so tight. I really didn't want to risk anything to get up front. Uh, it was the bigger picture was obviously the championship. And just to come home with the race, uh, the, the the championship in hand, uh, the racing was awesome in the last couple laps of that race. Craig ended up winning it, but it was a tight race. And I felt like maybe if it wasn't a one-off and I could play my cards a little better, maybe risk a couple passes here and there, I would have been able to compete for that win. Obviously, that's a like shoulda, coulda, woulda situation. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's they, I was driving a lot more hesitant in the final. So I'm, I'm really happy to see that it's a one-off race and not a part of the championship anymore. Well, you'll definitely get another shot at it this year. It'll be exciting to see if you're able to work your way uh, to the top of the box this time around. Ryan, congratulations on a big win at the Spring Nationals, jumping you right back into the championship chase, and we look forward to seeing you down the road at, at the Summer Nationals. Thank you, guys. I appreciate being on here. All right, folks, there's Ryan Norberg. Fantastic job here this weekend, and excellent to have him on the EKN debrief. We're happy he was able to take a little bit of time out and join us. David Cole, talented young guy. And I think you and I talk about the fact of having that national number one plate on the side of the car. Ryan's shoulder right there. It's daunting. It's, it's a target for sure. 
Well, yeah, we're not seeing it just in that category, but all other categories. Ryan Kinnear in the S4 category. He's having a, a tough battle trying to uh, defend this year. Uh, Robert Marks, he's got a target on his back. Everybody was after him this weekend uh, in the S4 Supermaster category. And, you know, it's just that that number one plate says a lot. We, we see some of the graduates even. Uh, Alex Bertignoli, um just just not he's being fast but again another another guy that people are trying to make sure they kind of throw a couple little side pods at him and make you know slow him down a little bit say hey welcome to big show um you know and it's just it's just that mentality of hey that's the guy i want to beat and and it's tough to uh to uh, defend that it was a great weekend as i said uh, a lot of different areas of talking as ryan said there he you know there was some great racing but there was some rough racing as well now, David, we'll we'll, uh, we'll move forward here because uh, you and I had a chance to have, and we'll just jump at it real quickly. We had a chance to to uh, let's say we put a target on somebody ourselves. <laughs> we we, uh, we put Mike Rawlson in the hot seat. A brand new podcast we did here for the EKN Radio Network. We talked about the Rawlson Performance Group. We talked about uh, the Can-Am Karting uh, Challenge he's got going on. We talked about a couple other in- industry topics in terms of road tax and the like. Uh, I thought it was a great first podcast for the hot seat we uh we pitched some tough questions at mike and i think he i, I like the response he really was pretty honest with us well it's very difficult to get mike sitting down during a race weekend That's true. and we were able to do that for, for for our debut hot seat and you know he did a really great job being honest and and kind of wavering around a couple of the questions but he you know he got to the point and and was was very honest about uh some things that he said and gave a lot of good insight into uh what he sees both as a former driver, as a race team owner, and as a promoter. You know, if, if anybody wants to find out and see the remainder of our podcast, all the ones we've done so far, it's just ecardinews.com slash podcast. And that, uh, they're all lined up there, ready to go. Uh, we've, we've started the debriefs. This is our third edition of the debrief. We got our first hot seat done. And David and I have a bunch of different ideas uh, when it comes to different shows that we're going to be able to bring to the EKN Radio Network. And that's something that's going to be developed throughout this year as well. The whole EKN Radio Network is something we're working on. And, and we're excited to bring it to all our, our listeners and readers and, and to the industry in, its, uh, in itself. Uh, David, let's get into some racing as well that uh, wasn't in Sonoma. Before that event uh, in wine country, I had a chance to go to Bermuda. It was, it was rough. It was, it was a struggle for me. To have to go to Bermuda for a racing event. <laughs> yeah, and the pictures prove it, don't they? <laughs> the Dockyard Grand Prix. The good folks from the Bermuda Karting Club invited me to come down and uh, do a little play-by-play. And they were able to put together a 206 for me to drive. I had an awesome uh, GP chassis, a 32 mil shifter cart, which is a perfect example of what you can do uh, in the 206 category. You don't you don't need a purpose-built cart. If you pull, grab one, pull it out, and go racing. And... And it was just a lot of fun, David. It, it was uh, a very, it, was, it, it wasn't an overly technical street course. It was only four corners, but there was a couple of chicanes kind of coming into, each, in, into two of the corners. Two of the other, other ones were flat out, at least in the 206. Tons of people there. Uh, just a great atmosphere. We were right on the water uh, at the Royal Naval Dockyards. America's Cup is there, so we had a bunch of guys from Team USA and Team Oracle there with us, racing actually with us as well. It was just a really cool event and i would uh, i would recommend that if somebody wants to knock a cool bucket list event off the next time the guys in bermuda do a street race they need to do it because they're looking at taking one back downtown hamilton again uh potentially back to the dockyard too it was just a lot of fun well what's uh 
I mean, it's it was kind of an oval, wasn't it? It was kind of like an indie oval, really. I mean, if for you're talking intents four, <laughs> four corners. For all intents and purposes, it was an, it was an oval. It was a big square. It was four blocks. Uh, we had to come through a couple of narrow areas, but in turn, turn one and the 206 was flat out. Then you had a little right left, just a tiny little right left kind of chicane to let onto the back straightaway. So you had to actually get off, tap the brake a bit, get back on the throttle. And the sim- it was the same thing. Turn three was flat out and then turn four again, just a little, little right left back on. So it really was just an oval, but uh, it was fun. So, would, so would you drive a shifter there? Would I? Yeah, I, I drive. I, I definitely drive a shifter there. Would I be off the gas and big time in the corners and on the brakes? Oh yeah. <laughs> like, am I Scott Skitchy Barnes or Austin Riley? No, no. Right. <laughs> they were. It was. I tell you. Well, you know, spe- when, when you, speaking of Austin Riley, I mean, it, it was. It wasn't just uh, Bermuda drivers there, was it? No, there was. Yeah, there was a couple of guys. Actually, you know what? Driving wise, really, it was just myself and Austin from Canada uh, that were there. But Marco Oldoffer from the F Series was actually assistant race director. He came down and and lent his knowledge and abilities uh, to the event as well. He got behind the wheel in the uh, the rental cart. They had a rental cart VIP race uh, in the CRG Bermuda. Uh, guys, they have uh, a field of the uh, CRG Barbarians. I think they're called. Um, unbelievable hot rods i love these those rental carts they're big and heavy and fast and uh and we had a bunch of fun in those too but i'll tell you uh austin riley's impressive now number one he's just quick on the racetrack he he hardly makes a mistake he just pushes hard if he's gonna make it back he was he was all over skitchy barnes in the main event for 125 and i'm telling you the, the crowd was going crazy now you know obviously austin has autism his program is racing with autism and he connects so quickly with the fans and the people they while they were down there i want to say they presented to at least four or five or six schools where they talked to the kids about what austin's been able to been able to do with autism and the fact that he's 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 found that thing that he's so good at and he and he's able to achieve even with the diagnosis and what he's dealing with and he's just when he gets behind the wheel he's so focused and he every pass he has to make has to be done cleanly he got to the inside of Barnes a couple times in turn number one and probably could have forced the issue but he didn't it wasn't a clean pass so he pulled back and you know I we just saw news that he's going to be actually racing in the micro cup the Nissan micro cup up in Canada this year car racing series and I think that's fantastic because he's just such a great young man well I think I'd like to see him at Rock Island I mean it, it you know that if you can go from from the dockyard to Rock Island, it shouldn't be in any issues. But uh, but I like I like the idea. We were seeing autism a lot uh, in motorsports. Obviously, with Autism Speaks, a lot of promotion for that. But you know, we see it with Aaron Likens, uh, his his um, uh, book writing and uh, and speaking. Uh, uh, I'm trying. What am I trying to say? Uh, Aaron's Aaron's been a fantastic ambassador for autism, as, as you said. Danny. Right. He he wrote this book, Finding Kansas. Uh, Aaron, of course, a national flagman for Supercarts USA, and and probably one of the best flagmen in the world. Like the guy's absolutely fantastic. He's got so much passion for it. And he focuses on it, and and Aaron's the kind of guy that he's on the Asperger's scale, and he goes out and he actually speaks with. FBI agencies and police forces, and on on how to how to uh, interact with with people that have autism, and, and we see that we've seen some people really step up in it because I think 
Motorsports requires such a dedicated focus to whatever it may be, whether you're waving flags and following a race and making sure everything's done correctly as a starter or if you're behind the wheel driving yourself. I think that focus is able to be challenged, uh, to be channeled, and it really has, in, obviously, for, for Austin and, and for Aaron, it's been a place that they've been able to really excel and become among the best in their business, which I think is, is really exciting. I think it's cool to see motorsports being leveraged in that way. Definitely, for sure. But let's get to the real issue. What was your performance behind the wheel? <laughs> you know what? I had a lot of fun uh, running that 206. We had there's a great group of masters drivers in Bermuda, and uh, you know they have between 12 and I think 16 guys that run at the local club race. And I, I had a lot of fun running with the guys. We didn't touch the go kart at all. They had set it up perfectly for me. We hit the gear from the get go, and I, once I got comfortable, we were flat out. I ran third in the first heat race. Actually, well, let's let me be honest. I bent an axle and I bent a steering shaft in the last practice session on on Saturday morning. So a typical Howden performance. Whoa! Let's not throw me under the bus because it all ends well. But yes, I I was trying to find a place to pass and I made and I made the pass, but I was too. I tried to cut the corner a little tight and it wasn't really the best call. And I tagged, tagged the left front tire the first time. And I barely touched the left rear. Like, it didn't even touch any of the bodywork. It was just that I just, just barely touched the wheel, and I bent the axle. So we well, thrashed and got it. Well, all right, throw me under the bus. Go. No, no, no. I was going to give you a compliment. I was going to say <laughs> oh, it's, it's, wow. it's better to hit the apex corner wall than the exit wall. It wasn't the, yeah, it wasn't the, it was, I was trying to cut the apex to give the guy on the yeah. outside of me room who I was passing, and that was er- erroneous of me. Well, so, but it's still easier to hit the apex than it is. Most definitely. It's a lot better. Yeah. So uh, we had Derek Crockett uh, from Crockett Motorsports down there. He was helping out Scott Barnes. He was helping me out as well. So we he pulled the front end apart. Uh, Scott and I pulled the, the axle out, and we thrashed and got everything together. And I actually got back on the track for the last three laps of qualifying. Qualified third, uh, finished third in the heat race, kind of just drove around and got a comfortable in the heat race, finished second in the second heat race, started off pole, won the third heat race, uh, got a good start, was able to get around the outside of the point, the, the pole sitter, uh, Shannon Casey, and then did the same thing in the main event and and got had a good run, and the guys behind me got caught up, and I ended up cruising home to a win. So it was, that was just kind of, that just was an exclamation point on the end of a great weekend. I had a lot of fun. People down there love their racing, and they love their karting, and, and the Bermuda Karting Club is just is a great group. I uh, had amazing hospitality from the Barnes family. And I, a lot of firsts, let's put it that way. I checked off a lot of firsts. First time I've ever gotten a boat to cross the harbor, to cross the sound, the great sound, to get to the racetrack. Every day we went back and forth across the water to get to the racetrack. That was awesome. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Well, I, I think we're going to have to do every other year, so I'll go next year. Oh, wow. Wow. All right. Well, we'll see about that, mister. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, as we always do here in the debrief, uh, start working through some of the other races that happened uh, over the past couple of weekends, David. Uh, the 206 Cup, as we uh, jump into our hashtag Operation Grassroots, a big shout out to everyone at Briggs Racing. The 206 Cup got uh, rolling with their, uh, they had two divisions this year. Talk a bit about the, the 206 Cup. They ran at uh, MRP. Well, this year, the 206 Cup's broken off into two separate divisions. So they're going to have a central division, which is kind of made up of Indiana, Ohio area, and then keep their, their northern division, which kind of was where they were at with Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois-type uh, facilities. Uh, so they're going to have a total of nine races this year with four in each division, and then they're going to end up with a Grand National down in Newcastle uh, later this year, which hopefully will be at uh, – to race we'll see uh 
But this 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 past weekend there, the uh, Central Division was at the uh, Michiana Race, Raceway Park in South Bend. Uh, a lot of us have been there before. Uh, it it is one of the uh, first two original 206 tracks. Uh, 206 has been there for a lot of years, uh, and the 206 Cup was able to make their first visit there this year. Uh, 45 entries in the five categories they had, from sportsmen all the way up to masters. Uh, it's about the normal normal numbers for for their program. Uh, you know, again, it's grassroots program. It's it's the club guys coming up to race a traveling series for and to have some fun, a, a three day event, and uh, to race two rounds of racing. But the biggest class there this this past weekend was the senior medium category with 21 drivers in it, and uh, had a lot of great racing. I saw some onboard videos throughout the weekend. Uh, but Scott Kleeman, uh, we've seen him at Rock Island Grand Prix be a, a, a front runner, and uh, he was able to win both uh, both main events on the weekend. You know what I like there, David? Is it's, it's it's a grassroots deal, as you said, and it's the first year for the Central program just getting rolling, and they get 21 guys in senior medium. We've seen it before. 21 will draw 25, 25 will draw 30, and all of a sudden people are like, man, I need to go play here because there's a 30 or 35 cart grid, and and hopefully we'll see the other classes grow. But great start, and, and I do like the idea of splitting the north and the, the north and the central because we're, you know you talk about pulling a, lo- a long distance, and that's and that's one of the things that, that makes it tough for a two hundred six program. A lot of these guys are trying to are trying to race you know on a budget, and when you're traveling six, seven, eight hours to an event, that really doesn't make it easy. And I think that uh, splitting that is a great start, and hopefully they'll see more drivers at the next race. Yeah, I think I think you'll see a little bit more as the season goes along. I think. I think they were expecting a little bit more with it being in Indiana and being very close to Indianapolis where we have a lot of 206 racers, but there's a lot of them in, in Ohio that uh, are waiting for their races to come up. And so I think you're not going to see a lot of guys follow the complete series. I think you'll see a lot of just guys just hitting one or two events, like you said, because their budget only fits that. Because another big deal is, is tires. A lot of these different tracks have different uh, tire programs, so... With the 206 Cup, it's a Vega tire. Well, not a lot of clubs have the Vega tire. MRP has just adopted the Vega tire, so their group is now on Vega tires. But not a lot, not a lot of other tracks in the uh, in the Midwest area have the Vega tires. So it's kind of another hurdle that it's yeah. really the only major hurdle we have in in 206 racing is is just tire selection. But you know, with racing, racing costs money. Sometimes you need to buy tires. But some racers just don't look at it that way, and they just want to stick with what they have. So it, it's kind of a battle. It's a battle that we're seeing. Move on into the uh, the Yamaha shootout that took place at Concept Hollers uh, Raceway. Uh, what a fantastic event! I, I love seeing uh, events like this for Yamaha. Some some cool money races. Give us a, give us a, a bit of a, a review on what happened at the shootout. Well, the the, the facility is you know trying to bring it, it back to uh, prominence. Uh, it was a very nationally known facility throughout the years especially dating back to uh late 90s early 2000s where we saw stars of carding and scusa hosting major events there and and in they they're they're a grassroots track as well too so they're they're focusing on building a yamaha program back again and so they decided to to start this yamaha shootout uh it was held uh the last weekend in april unfortunately <laughs> the weather did not cooperate uh for their saturday event a lot of rain came down but still, they had 22 entries show up, a lot of uh, quality drivers all the way from Ohio, Minnesota, Illinois, Indiana, a lot of different places show up with, uh, to, to, to compete. Uh, and overall, they had almost a $3,500 uh, 
purse for for the entire event with a lot of uh, sponsorship, a lot of uh, cash sponsorship, a lot of prize sponsorship. Uh, MG Tires gave out gave them a lot of uh, sets of tires to hand out in the podiums. They had a pre-final podium, they had a feature podium, so a lot of people went away with with a lot of uh, prizes and and especially cash and cash. The big cash went to uh, Stephen Dial, who was handed the victory after Patrick Olson, the provisional winner, uh, failed a tech inspection. And so a little controversy in the first event, but uh, but Dial took home the victory and took home the big cash. All right, Davey, let's, uh, do you want to give us a little preview? I know that uh, in a couple of weeks' time you're going to be heading to the WK Manufacturers Cup. Before we head into the Cartlift Racing Calendar to cap off this edition of the Debrief, do you want to give us a little preview of what you expect from uh, Man Cup? Yeah, next weekend, head down over to uh, Wampum, Pennsylvania, a place you've never been. I've, been I've never there, been there. I know. been there a few times. But uh, the Manufacturers Cup will host its second event of the season, uh, coming off the Winter Cup and the first event, which was down in Daytona back in December. So it's been a while since the series has gotten back going. But uh, they have right now over 100 pre-entries, uh, and I'm expecting more for trackside. Uh, and the championship battles will start to begin. Uh, we got uh, Kardashian, Alex Kardashian, leading the Yamaha uh, championship. Uh, right now it's A.J. Myers leading the IAMI senior championship, but we don't expect him there, nor do we expect Brandon Jarzakrak to show up, so it kind of defaults down to Jonathan Koitik. He'll be the, he'll be the, uh, the guy to beat uh, uh, in the IAMI senior. Down in junior categories, we got Elliot Budzinski uh, in the Yamaha division. And then in Miami Junior, we have Paulie Massimino. Uh, so we got a lot of uh, big-name drivers that are going to be showing up. Uh, we expect more to, to enter at track, and uh, we'll be uh, on, on trackside all weekend long with uh, Xander Clements on the uh, microphone. Let's have a look at that cartlift racing calendar now. This weekend, just coming up, uh, the Championship Enduro Series getting things going at Gateway, May the 13th and 14th. If you're not racing, get out to your local club race, get some driving in. Big, big weekend, May 21-22. Uh, am Karting Challenge uh, at uh, Tri-Cities, Richland, Washington. I'm actually going to be heading out there and doing some play-by-play for Mike Rawlson and the whole Can-Am crew. Uh, David, as you said, you'll be over at Pit Race, uh, the WK Manufacturers Cup, you and Xander Clements, May 19-2021. LAKC, Los Angeles Karting Championship, back on track at Cal Speed. Uh, the San Zero Games Karting Championship will take to the facility at Sonoma. Big weekend, as you said. Uh, Colorado Karting Tour over at SBR Motorsports. The Texas Sprint Racing Series will invade North Texas Carters at Denton. Uh, The 206 Cup back on the track. The North Series at Road America. And the Eastern Canadian Karting Championship gets rolling, gets underway at Goodwood Cartways uh, just about a little west of Toronto. Should be a pretty big weekend there. And, of course, capping off the season, uh, you now, at least I'll be focused on the Indianapolis 500 and the, the Freedom 100 for the Indy Light Series. But May 27th, 28th, big series up in NorCal. The KPX Championship takes their uh, traveling road show to Fresno, California. The F-Series get back at it again in Englishtown, New Jersey. And the Northwest Gold Cup out in Idaho at Snake River Carters. We'll uh, talk more about what's happening in June, David, on the next uh, episode of the the debrief here. But, again, this particular edition of the Racing Calendar brought to you by Cartlift. Do you want to thank Tim Coyne and Cartlift for presenting this weekend's uh, Racing Calendar? Cartlift has been providing awesome cart stands to American Carters since 1999. Recent expansion of their dealer network has their product shipping to Canada, 
Europe, and Australia, just to name a few of their international destinations. Carlift produces great card stands at a good value, as well as chassis protectors and accessories. They offer stackers and traditional stands, and both mechanical and electric one-man stands. To learn more, visit cartlift.com. David, closing right up, five seconds from the 40-minute uh, mark. Bang on for this edition of the uh, the Debrief. You know, we like to keep things tidy with the uh, exact amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, David, uh, it was a great weekend in Sonoma. I appreciate all your hard work, uh, some exciting racing, and I think that the really... The one thing that we're going to see from it is there's lots of discussion right now on trying to get better racecraft, whether it's going to be drop down pushback bumpers or if they're going to start dropping the hammer when it comes to penalties using the video marshalling system and those, you know, those marshals at each corner. Uh, and hopefully whatever happens, it's going to start permeating into the minds of the drivers saying, hey, you know what? We need to drive cleaner. We need to respect our guys more, our, our, our fellow drivers, and we need to we need to improve our racecraft. That's really what I want to see from the, all the discussion that's happening online right now. Yeah, those are there's a lot of key points that uh, I'm going to be including in my uh, from the tower article that we'll post at the end of the week. Um, yeah, it's 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 a discussion that's going to keep going, and I don't think it's a discussion that'll never end. Unfortunately, I, well, you know what? I, I want to come down a little bit. <laughs> it can see it never has to end as long as at least we start getting working on it a little bit. Because you're going to get side by side contact and carding. We're racing, and well, that, that's something I, I think Norberg said pretty well. Was I don't mind the side to side to side contact. You know, it was that's what they mostly saw up front. But it, you know that that mid pack stuff. That's where we're seeing a lot of the complaints come from. Yeah, so just guys driving right into the back of someone, not not, and we see it at the starts too. I saw a bunch of it happen at the start in turn three. People just barreling into the corner and just hammering the guy in front of them, and that's just not the way to get the job done. Well, folks, we are wrapping up here our third edition of the EKN debrief. This particular edition brought to you by Champion Racing, the importer and distributor of the intrepid chassis we want to thank you for joining us on behalf of david cole this has been rob howden join us again as we have more podcasts coming here on the ekn radio network <laughs>